This is Tom O'Pennekip from Trick or Treat and Supernatural, and you're listening to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. During the spookiest time of the year, there are a few guidelines all ghosts and goblins should follow. Always stay on sidewalks, never go to a stranger's house, and never go out alone. In a world where zombies, ghosts, Serial killers and vampires all exist. It's Nico, Brian, Mike, and Dustin. And they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast. I just want to thank all our fans and listeners. We really appreciate all the support. Uh, before we jump into tonight's film review, I just want to give a quick shout out to our website. Uh, go to don'tgooutthere.com. You can find all of our interviews, our episodes, our store, blog, celebrity shout outs. You can find anything you need to know about this podcast there. And a quick shout out to our social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, just search for Don't Go Out There on those platforms and you'll find us. You'll find Brian's awesome artwork. And in our last insert in our never seen it month is kind of ironic it's my choice <laughs> and earlier in october if you follow us on social media all of the hosts you know we submitted some must-see films in october well since this is our show and i make the rules and we all make the rules i chose a movie that i had never even seen to put on my must watch and it's tonight's film review 2007's trick-or-treat uh the reason i picked this movie is because you know, if you go on the internet or YouTube, this movie gets a lot of love. It gets a lot of praise. Uh, you know, you go to the Kill Count with Dead Meat. He praised this movie. All the comments praise this movie. And honestly, I I really enjoyed this movie. And uh, me and Brian were talking earlier. The more I watched it, the more I liked the movie. I think it's a really good movie. I, I don't love it. I mean, I... I mean, I understand it has a cult following, but I'm not in love with this movie. But as a fun October movie, I really enjoyed it. It, it, it was a blast to watch. Uh, go ahead, Brian. Yeah, first of all, I mean, I really like how Never Seen It Month has gone for me because all four of the movies that we did, I never saw any of them. So um, it really worked out for me. I'm glad we did it. Um, as far as this movie goes, Trick or Treat, I actually really like this movie. Um I like how seriously it takes itself, which which I can appreciate. Uh, but what I really liked about it, especially the first time I watched it, was that, you know, it reminded me a lot of the Goosebumps books I used to read mm-hmm. as a kid. And uh, this is how I feel like they should have done those Goosebumps movies. Not that blasphemous Jack Black jokes shit that I came out with, but like. God off. Like this is how I feel like that they should have done the, done it right. Um, look, it's this has got such a star studded cast and. And. Uh, you know, it's not some masterpiece by any means, but I, I really the first time I watched it, I said, you know what? This isn't bad. And uh, I got it got more it got more than just OK. The mo- the more I watched it, meaning like I almost now I've watched it like three times now. I think the second time I really started to like it. And the third time I'm almost in love with it. Um, and I'll say I, I almost never watch movies more than once for these reviews, but I felt like I really had to for this one to catch everything. And, oh yeah, uh, yeah, and and it just it got better and better every time I watched it. Yeah, we'll say before you go, Mike. Uh, before I do all of our scene by scenes, I write down all of the main characters 
or characters you need to know a name of. I wrote 16 down for Pete's sake because there's a lot of characters. So yeah, you def if you're reviewing it, you definitely need more than one watch because there's a lot going on. But there's not a lot going on, if that makes sense. There's a lot, but there's not a lot going on. Go ahead, Mike. Well, there is a lot of characters and a lot you have to remember. But I'm I'm a fan of a movie that makes me pay attention for the most part. So I, I'm with you guys. I enjoy this film. Um, is it my favorite of all time or anything? No. Do I love it? I wouldn't go as far to say that I love it, but I really do like it. I think it's really good. Kind of like what Brian said. It, it reminded me of Goosebumps. It reminded me of, of a little more adult Are You Afraid of the Dark that I used to watch on Nickelodeon uh, back in the day. You know, it had that same kind of that vibe with – but obviously a little more adult because you had blood and actual kills and stuff like that. Um, but I'm a fan. I, I think the anthology – to do anthology within a movie is tough to me. I know a lot of people kind of like it as like there's a cult following for theirs. There's a cult following for VHS. Which I don't enjoy as much as this, in my opinion, because VHS is a little all over the place, almost too in order. I like how this kind of goes. It's still everything connects, but it doesn't connect uh, across a straight line. It brings it's not, me back it's not around, here at all. Yeah. Right. Right. It's like a it's like a graph or a chart or even and then eventually it comes full circle. And I really enjoyed that aspect of it. I think it made it kind of kept me interested the whole time because. Once you start realizing that a lot of these things are connected, I think the movie becomes even more fun. So you have to watch it again. First time I ever watched it, I don't know, maybe like three years ago, I thought it was okay, but it it was I I honestly thought, well, this is kind of an October watch here. But you know, the, I watched it three times to get ready for this show, uh, and once was on one and a half speed, and even then, still very very enjoyable. Just, just a fun October movie like uh nico said and i'm excited to talk about it because there is a lot there's a lot of symbolism there's a lot of easter eggs to Rangers. other horror movies yeah. right and and i mean even the name Lori, which i don't care what anybody says if your character is named Lori and it's a horror film we it know is. what the reference is so oh, yeah right right and obviously this movie's based on halloween for a reason or around sam hain so shout out to halloween 3 sam hain yeah i'm gonna go ahead and just give a quick fun fact now uh, I believe director, you know, I read a bunch of articles, like 10 facts about Trick or Treat, whatever. One of them, I, I believe this was Michael Doherty, the writer and director. He said, editing the film is described as, in quotes, a brutal process in hell. The only sequence that plays straight through is Krieg's demise at the end. He said, I wish we did do a super special edition, which allowed you to watch the stories by themselves. Which, that'd be pretty interesting. Hey, but, Nico. Yeah. Before you go, I... There's been a few times I've watched this movie that, that where I've said to myself, I wish this could be a Netflix miniseries where each of these get a really good episode where we don't have to kind of rush it, rush the story. And I don't mean hour and a half, two hour movies like Hulu kind of does. I mean like a just a good 45 minute episode on each of these stories I think would kind of flesh it out a little more if I had to nitpick it. But still really well done. And one more thing I want to say, you mentioned the director. This movie is shot well. I oh, love yeah, the yeah. cinematography. This movie feels like Halloween. I oh, love that about this movie. It's absolutely. so, so, so on the nose with how how it gets you in the mood for Halloween. Even in late November, as we record this, yes. um, I felt very Halloweeny watching it. And I'm glad you said that because I was just about to say, uh, just right off the top of my head, the three best Halloween atmosphere movies is of course 78 Halloween, right. 
I would say this and Hocus Pocus. And you can say whatever you want about Hocus Pocus, but that's a very, oh, yeah. that's a very, you know, it's got a real strong Halloween atmosphere, I think. And so I, I feel think that way about Halloween. Hey, I feel that way about Halloween Town, so don't. I don't know if I've ever watched that, to be honest. Oh, you should. <laughs> You'd watch Cromwell Riches, bro. Anyway, let's go. Y'all ready to jump into scene by scene? You got any more opening thoughts? You ready? Let's, let's do it. it. All right. The film starts with black and white video and the rules of Halloween. Then it cuts to a jack-o'-lantern and a little girl is almost hit by a car. Henry and Emma get home, and they're both lit, she says. Emma blows out the jack-o'-lantern, and we see someone walk towards their house through a POV shot. Emma says they have to take the decorations down because her mom's coming while guilt-tripping her husband. She tells him to go inside and put on the tape. I hate Halloween, she says. Then starts to take down the decorations. I wrote they're mostly, you know, ghost-like scarecrows in the yard. She gets creeped out when she notices someone in a white mask staring at her, but he's just waiting on his ride to show up. So she gets like a little sigh of relief. She's attacked by she's attacked by someone underneath the sheet. She falls through her gate entrance and stabbed by a lollipop, and then blood splatters all over the sheet, and these three kids run away scared. Henry wakes up and Emma's still not in bed. He goes outside and finds a decoration still up and Emma dead on the ghost prop, bloody with a giant lollipop in her mouth. Opening credits roll, comic book style. It's the four tales of Halloween. Meet Sam in the night when the dead and all sorts of things roam free, the picture show. We now follow a kid <laughs> with a dirty-ass bag of candy he keeps dragging on the ground. <laughs> Earlier that night, time card says, a news reporter talks about how much Halloween is celebrated in this town. We see a kid in a monkey costume being a peeping Tom on some girls in a changing room. He's snatched away by an older woman. The girls come out <laughs> looking beautiful. Tradition, tradition <laughs> says they meet their fates now. Danielle asks the costume shop cashier to be her date. Charlie, a chubby bad kid, is knocking everyone's pumpkins over. He goes to a porch and takes too many pieces of candy. It's Principal Wilkins' house. And the principal says that can't be good for his diabetes and don't even try to lie to him. And now they cuts back to the changing room. Danielle jokes to Lori that she's still a virgin at 22 because she doesn't pursue guys herself. Lori wants her first time to be special, she says. Maria and Janet now invite two new guys to be their dates. Principal Wilkins whips out a sharp knife to carve the pumpkin and tells Charlie about his dad's story on the night of Halloween. Charlie begins to cough really hard. Wilkins' fake shows compassion and then says it's tradition to always check your candy. Charlie throws up this chocolatey puke violently over and over and falls dead over on his lap. All right, that's the first two scenes I got. Brian, you want to kick us off? Yeah, this is probably my favorite group of scenes, so bear with me. I probably have the most about this group, but, you know, I really I love the opening credits. I think it sets a great tone, and according to the director's commentary, which you know, I'm going to quote, you know, a lot tonight, um, the black and white educational film that opens it up wasn't originally in the movie, but uh, Michael Daughter actually liked it so much in the trailer that he added it to the movie, and I'm glad he did. I love it. Um, Mike touched on this earlier. Like one thing this movie really, really gets right is the atmosphere. It feels like Halloween, um, and that's kind of funny because I actually wanted to film this in Vancouver in the fall, but didn't start till November. So like they had bagged leaves to use for the set. So uh, the fact that it actually feels that way is is pretty pretty good accomplishment. Um, you know, this is actually. That the direction commentary also said that this is like an actual neighborhood that they filmed it in. They paid the people who lived in these houses to stay in a hotel to be able to use this neighborhood. So that's wow. something I've actually never heard any, you know, anything, any, you know, production doing before. But 
Um, again, I, I really like the, the four intertwining stories. Um, this opening with friend of the show, Tamo Pinnicket, who was uh, kind enough to do the intro to the show. But um, the opening here with he and Emma, Leslie Bibb, who was also was an Iron Man, um, was, the, was the most confusing to me the very first time I watched it, like on why she was what, what the reason why she was killed. So I'm glad they summed that up at the end, but it really it took me a couple of viewings to be able to really appreciate that. And, uh, you know, we talk about this some and some of all the reviews we have, but this movie really doesn't date itself much. Um, but the porn that's being on a quote unquote VHS tape, that definitely does put you in a specific time period. Um, so the. the uh, you know, and I liked Leslie's kill. Um, you don't really have to have seen, you know, have to have seen that kill. Um, you know, and and if I think if they would have shown it, I think uh, it would have had to show Sam. And I think it's a little too early in the movie for that reveal. So um, I also liked the little steam that they had for, for Emma's death on the blood. It was a nice touch. Apparently they had to like boil that blood right before filming for each take. Um, uh, one thing that I thought was really cool that you definitely have no idea about until your second or third or fourth rewatch. But in this opening scene, too, you can actually see the kid zombies leaving Krieg's house in the background covered in blood. So, you know, which is once you know the story, that's such a badass little thing that I think this, makes right. this movie so damn like rewatchable. It's like those cool little Easter eggs that are in there. Um, and I, I, like I said, I, I got a little bit more here, but. The credits tracking shock, you know, as you follow Charlie, which I kind of wish was Sam. But when you're following him, dragging that dirty ass bag, like Nico said, uh, walking through the city, getting like glimpses of the principal and all the, the girls and everything. I just thought that was a really badass shot and stood out to me. So I wanted to, to say that, too. Um, also, I thought it was a great introduction to the girls. Um, I was a true blood uh, fan like at least the first few seasons and a big X-Men fan so seeing Anna Paquin was nice but it kind of made me wish something later was different but I'll say right. that you, right. you might you might know where I'm going with that but, but it <laughs> made me kind of wish a whole scene was a little bit different but um, you know on the second rewatch listening to that dialogue talking about eating ass and eating some bad Mexican the night before and shit you know has completely different meaning once you watch it the second time it also it makes it like really funny because you know how everyone else in that little dressing room's taking it including that kid's mom and so i thought i thought that was really funny and and last and lastly when that fat charlie was just walking around knocking all those pumpkins down i just said out loud oh doyle rules so like my, <laughs> my my adam sandler fans will love will get that but that's the first thing i thought of every time i saw that kid um otherwise like i said this is probably my favorite group of scenes um i thought it was a great opening to the movie and introduction to the to most of the characters um Oh, and also one last little tidbit. Um, since the kid actors couldn't film at night, the ones that were outside like this, like this, like this scene with Charlie, they actually had to put a tent over the house, a big, huge ass tent to kind of make it appear dark. So I thought that was a nice little cool tidbit there. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they had to get around a bunch of stuff to make this movie. I mean, like you said, they had to put people up in hotels just to get their shots. Um, so right off the bat. <laughs> I know I already said it, but you come into this movie and it's very Halloween right off the back, which I really appreciate. Really cool setting for a horror movie in case you couldn't tell where my fandom goes. So right off the bat, you get that. And then you get – I like this couple because, one, this guy kind of reminds me of me where he's the Halloween nerd and this girl has nothing to do with it, which 
my girlfriend likes Halloween, but not not in the same way that I do. And so I kind of feel this man's pain right here. It's time to take down these decorations, man. Um, I like that story. And again, I like the set of scenes. It's not my favorite like Brian is, but I do like how this story kind of kicks off. I like how we get the same child actor that plays Sam. Like that's a cool, fun little fact that you get there. Um, and what one thing I hear a lot of complaints about online with this movie, and I kind of understand it, is the lack of actual on-screen kills. Um, you do it does kind of take away a little bit from it, but I think that's an intentional d- d- decision, and I'm okay with it since they're all that way. Like if you got like a really gruesome on-screen kill and then you got just a bunch of off-screen kills then that would kind of piss me off because then we have the we obviously have the capability of doing a cool kill but you get this one right here and it doesn't bother me at all like i think it's really good and then i first of all wilkins is a so moving on a little bit wilkins is a hell of an antagonist like a hell of a creepy guy just a he looks like a fucking creepy principal. Like he just has that vibe to him. And I, I like that. And by the way, you set a dull rules with this big bastard. No, sir. I think of, Hey kid, when he's talking, <laughs> when it's Billy Bob talking to his ass from prison, writing him the letters or, you know, he calls him, I can't say the R word in 2020, but you know where I'm getting at. I mean, this, the fat kid from bad Santa, which makes me think bad Santa too. That's just a fat, creepy bastard that lied to Santa because clearly kid dies in this film on a piece of chocolate or whatever the fuck he ate. <laughs> so again, I, I actually like that. You can't tell if it's blood or chocolate. That's kind of cool to me. Uh, and then never, I That's mean, you can kind of, right. Right. And you can kind of see it on his shirt that it's supposed to be blood. But again, like I, I love in that moment, the first time you ever watch it, like, well, is he throwing up all the fucking, ch- that's a lot of chocolate. I don't know. So maybe it's a nice blood and chocolate mix. Really good set of scenes. Really creepy vibe. Like I'm like, you get this guy. He's he's creepy and he stays creepy throughout the whole movie. And that's why I, I was getting at where his timeline zigs and zags throughout this whole movie. You know, we obvious there's obviously more to come with Wilkins later. But I really like set of scenes. Really, uh, are a really good job. And I like how the Again, I like how the couple at the beginning still ties into the rest of the movie. I really, really think that's fun. And I uh, – one more thing. I know I know I'm going to catch shit over this, but that's okay. Brian said the porn on the VHS. Anytime you see porn on VHS, you know there's a giant bush in there. We didn't see it, but you know it's there. Okay. <laughs> oh, Hey, fun fact, the uh, the vomit that Charlie throws is actually edible. <laughs> I'm sure it just was. To, just to change the subject. And the that director means, actually said it was tasty. <laughs> that, that, that kid's name is not Charlie. It's Kid. <laughs> Fat Kid. Rules. All right, Wilkins, he puts a lollipop in his mouth, then drags Charlie inside. The puke gets on his shirt now. Some trick-or-treaters knock on his door hella persistently. He opens the door, and they scream, but they're just joking. He gives he gives him some candy and the little angel girl asks for the jack o' lantern for UNICEF. As they walk off, we see Sam, the little sackhead boy, and he runs off after he gets a piece of candy. The girls leave Lori to herself to find a date. Wilkins grabs you know it just cuts in between this. Wilkins he grabs a big cleaver and a sack and heads outside to a giant hole in the ground. And did y'all see like a Jason mask on that sack? 
when he dumps Good it tell. into the grave. I didn't uh, write it I, down, I but it could be there. I could have swore it looked like a Jason mask on that grave. He goes to bury Charlie, but his son yells to him, scaring him from the window. He calls Charlie Brown an asshole as he walks off from the window. <laughs> a dog is now barking at Wilkins. Then he cuts off a finger and throws it to the dog to fetch. Someone is still alive in the grave and yelps. Wilkins lies to Mr. Krieg, saying his septic tank is acting up, and that's why there's a big hole as he kicks the moving body. And I wrote, Mr. Scrooge, it should be, not Mr. Krieg. Wilkins goes to kill, goes to kill the person with a shovel, and his son Billy yells him again. He needs help carving the pumpkin's eyes, and he wants to go to the parade. But he says that he has a date, so he can't go. He says they can make caramel apples if he stays quiet. He finally kills the person in the grave. Wilkins fills the hole faster than the girls in Knock Knock, and then he waters the grave. <laughs> As he walks inside, he hears Mr. Creek knocking on his window, calling for help, but he blows him off, and we see Mr. Creek tackled. He wa- uh, Wilkins walks in and calls for Billy, who jump scares him. He grabs a big kitchen knife and holds it behind his back as they head to carve the pumpkin. They go downstairs, and Wilkins is looking real murdery with the knife. He touches his son's head, and Billy says, let's carve a scary face. Wilkins stabs really hard, and the knife is bloody, but it's from Charlie's head on the table, which they spin around and admire. Billy says, don't forget to help me with the eyes. That was a really good scene when I first watched it. The trick-or-treaters get to another house that's looking kind of erotic. The the lady who opened answered the door. She offers the kids a drink, but they leave after getting some candy. <laughs> Chip tells them that Coach Taylor was in a hot dog costume, but, <laughs> but fucking a pig. Trader shows up with a cart with three pumpkins, but it's not enough. They stop at Rhonda's house and put Sh- and Schrader puts the sauce on her, and she awkwardly says that she made her costume and carved all the pumpkins. All right, go ahead, Brian. All right, so we went from my favorite group of scenes to a big chunk of this. Honestly, was my least favorite probably group of scenes in this movie. Um, but one thing I will say is that you know I loved how seriously it took itself in the opening, but and I know that this was a point of contention where like for instance. The director wanted Charlie to vomit like that vomit scene to from the last for the last little group to go on a lot longer and wanted, quote unquote, the audiences to feel like it was okay to laugh and see. I don't like that. So I'm glad that they cut that first part down some. But like to me, remnants are here because like as a principal's dragging Charlie inside, it has some really out of place music to me almost. I mean, it's just almost like goofy, like spoof music and and. I didn't and I just I did not like this whole part at all. Like part of that is why I think the principal's little story here is, like I said, my least favorite just because just because of that. And like the grave digging scene all just seems like goofy and kind of out of place. Like when the kid wakes up in the grave and he's basically shuts him down, like none of that was as disturbing as it should have been with that whole like killing the kid brutally like that. And, you know, the whole the whole interaction with the sun and the window and maybe I didn't get the intention that it was supposed to have, or maybe it was supposed to be the comedy relief or whatever. But to me, it really, it missed, it missed me with that. And, and I didn't really like all that. And it made the whole, like that, just that bit just made that whole like son with the kid jack-o'-lantern head thing at the end feel even more out of place because it was almost like two completely different, drastically different scenes. And I think that that's a, a thin line because like this subject matter should have been almost like Texas chainsaw disturbing, but it, but to me, it wasn't. It was just kind of, you know, eh, goofy. And, and like I said, maybe again, I'm just missing the point of the, the scene. But, you know, and I'm wanting it to be a little bit more hardcore than maybe we're going for. Re- regardless, principal, 
this is my least favorite storyline. Um, but his son, such a freaking adorable kid. By the way, when he said Charlie Brown's an asshole, that made that cracked my ass up. Um, you know, another fun fact: since they couldn't have kids for a lot of the scenes they filmed at night, they actually used a lot of uh, little people to fill in the background actors and costumes. Um, and also props to Sam Todd who plays Rhonda. Uh, I think she did a great job. I think she plays her almost with a little bit of Velma from Scooby Doo type of vibe. Um, and I just wanted to say that kind of stood out to me. Um, and the first time I saw that, I was like, okay, I know this movie is not isn't backing off, you know, killing kids and all. But if this group is luring Rhonda somewhere to kill her, man, fuck this movie. I'm turning this shit off. So I'm glad I'm glad it played out the way that it did. And uh, last little fun fact I, I have here, and this is, you know, the pumpkins outside of her house are actually, you know, like a mixture of real ones and fake ones. Um, but the cool thing is her house is actually modeled after, uh, the White's residence in Carrie. So, uh, especially with the house being lit by the candles and the windows, which, and I, you know, this is a spoiler alert, but, you know, it foreshadows Rhonda, you know, like Carrie getting revenge on her tormentors and stuff for a prank gone wrong. So I think that was a nice little Easter egg to, to Carrie there. Yeah, I'm kind of with you, Brian, where I have the least amount of stuff to say about these things. I had the least amount wrote down about them. Partially because I only really enjoy the first half. All the stuff with Rhonda, I enjoy what comes later. I like that story, but I'm not a fan of what – I'm not like a huge fan of what takes place here. Uh, but just going back to Wilkins and that scene, I I agree there's some misplaced comedy. I know that they tried to kind of give a little bit – this movie tried to give a little bit of everything. And I know that there's been other – I I'm drawing a blank on who said it. But there's been other reviews on YouTube and stuff where they've talked about it as a good intro to horror because it has a little bit of everything where there is some horror comedy. Um, I'm kind of like you, Brian. I do like horror comedy. I just didn't like it in this setting, a little misplaced. Um, but I, I'll be honest. You said that Billy was adorable. And while the kid himself is adorable, he's an annoying little fuck. Man, shut the hell up back there. God <laughs> almighty, man. And I know Charlie Brown is an asshole. That line made me laugh too, by the way. Charlie Brown is not an asshole. He's a bullied young man. We don't appreciate that. Anyway. I'm a bullied young man. I don't know about young. Anyway, so, hey, I'm the youngest guy here. Anyway, uh, no, but I, you know, he just kept fucking talking to his dad. And I do agree with you. That scene went on a little too long for me. Like, how long? Did, look, in reality, yeah, I know it takes a long time to actually dig a grave. Probably I'm... I'm assuming I've never done a grave in my life, but that scene just felt like it, it went on forever. And in a movie sense, mm-hmm. like, let's dig this fucking grave, put the fucking body in there, shut Billy up by taking it inside Carver's head. Now, I will say I did like the fact that it was Charlie's head on the platter when it turned around. I thought that was kind of cool and creepy, but it was a little, again, a different tone from what we just saw in the yard. Like, there was just a little bit too much mixing and matching there. Uh, but that's really all I have on these scenes because I – this next set of scenes I really, really, really like, and I and and I want to talk about them instead. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. That that burying the body scene was kind of long, and it's only an hour, like twenty minute movie. I mean, I, oh, it's that's a what, good that's, length. That's Solid one of my problems, though. I kind of felt like there's a lot of filler, even though the movie's kind of short. Right. Uh, back to the parade, a girl and a guy in a Batman-like mask are rounding second base in an alley. He kisses her neck and gropes her. And she notices something running down her arm. She's bleeding terribly, and she notices that he has fangs. <clears throat> she runs down the alley, very Sarah Michelle Gellar-like, 
but actually gets to the people. Henry and Emma are there, but ignore her, thinking she's drunk. The woman turns around and is killed by the Batman wannabe and placed by a building dead with her eyes closed. He walks away from her. The five kid trick-or-treaters are walking now. The pirate boy tells Rhonda she must have she must love Halloween. Then she go, then she goes off on a Halloween soliloquy and then says she likes his eye patch. They get to a place to pay respects to the dead, the Halloween school bus massacre. Macy tells them the story now, 30 years ago. It's not your typical school bus or kids. Eight of them, they were troubled or disturbed. The driver took a different route this time, and I wrote, you see Sam along the side of the road as they pass by. He drove them to an abandoned rock quarry. He stops right at the edge. The parents had become exhausted and embarrassed of the kids. They offered him money to do the unthinkable. The bus driver hands the restrained kids candy, but the vampire kid breaks free and drives the bus over the cliff into the lake. Only the bus driver survived, but he was never heard from again, and the bus was never found. They're going to leave the eight jack-o'-lanterns by the lake as a tribute. Schrader flirts with Rhonda some more as he and two others go down the elevator. Chip and Rhonda have to wait for the next trip, though. Lori is walking through the parade looking for a man. Danielle calls her, and the discount Batman guy catches her eye. Danielle says she found her a guy and that beggars can't be choosers. Rhonda hears werewolves as the elevator comes back up. They hear the others talking as the elevator descends. They get scared when they hear screams. She tells Chip to keep the candles lit and they'll protect him, and she leaves the elevator. She walks off and sees a bus poking out the lake, and she sees a mask in the water and goes to reach for it, but she's grabbed. She runs from these creatures, and then then she finds Chip being eaten. She runs off and then trips, and her glasses fall off. She turns and backs away, but falls off into a ditch, hitting her head, knocking her out. She wakes up, and it was just the other kids playing a prank. Schrader tries to comfort her. He tells them to go pack up and let's leave, but I wrote Macy's being kind of bitchy. Macy kicks the last lit jack-o'-lantern in the lake. Chip asks more questions, then Macy starts hearing laughing and voices. Schrader and Rhonda hear screams, and he runs into a scared Macy. They now see the dead zombie kids and run. They catch Sarah and drag her to death. They get to Rhonda in the elevator, but she's locked them out and leaves them for dead and waves goodbye. She exits the elevator, and she sees Sam now as the kids scream. She gets her wagon of pumpkins and leaves. All right, go ahead, Brian. So the masked, like, we find out principal uh, in the alley with that girl. I really liked that right up until you find out it's the principal. And so, like, I, I don't I don't know. To me, it just really doesn't fit with this character. Um you know, plus with the change to the movie that I am going to make later, I would have taken the scene with him in the alley out completely. I mean, it only serves really for the victim to run into him and, and Henry anyway. And it doesn't show you, you know, him killing her. You get that whole Batman cape cover up. So to me, you can just take that whole thing out completely or have him stalking some other kid or something. Um, I love Rhonda giving the whole Halloween uh, fact that you said soliloquy. Uh, I, I, again, that to, to me like really helps with the whole atmosphere, um, and we get a good, really creepy soundtrack as they're walking to the rock quarry. I really like that a lot. Um, you know, the, the actors' fun fact on on the school bus wearing all the masks had real disabilities or injuries, um, and apparently had a really blast, you know, shooting this movie. And I, I do think that this whole plot point where the families got all together to have their kids killed was dumb. Um, I think that they should have just let it be 
an evil asshole Brian Cox bus driver who, you know, just went on a murderous rampage one day and decided to kill him. Um, I, I just didn't like the damn parents twist. Um, but it was a definitely an effective scene. I had my heart definitely was in my stomach whenever he was walking down, checking the chains on the kids. I just wish it would have been the bus driver who did it, not the parents who wanted him to, you know, and 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 not the kid who suddenly knew how to drive a stick on a bus that took them all down. Like, you know, and one thing that in early drafts, apparently the school bus story had a double reveal in that the undead kids in the quarry were were part of it. But also Rob Rhonda turned out to be like a zombie herself, which I'm glad they didn't do that. Um the last thing I have is, you know, the, the rock query zombie thing is, is the biggest thing that really it really comes across as goosebumps to me. Like, I really liked it. Um, you know, the only thing is, you know, if the fat pirate kid was part of it, he looked he did a really damn good job of acting because he looked really terrified during that right. whole prank part. Um, you know, and, and I know it's a little bit of a stretch that the, the bus would still be there in the water poking out after all these years. I mean, as part of a multiple homicide, I'm sure they would have definitely pulled that thing out. <laughs> but but I'll allow it, you know, and I really lastly will say I, I love the tracking shot of Rhonda walking away with the mayhem and the murder and then just walking by Sam and they're just both dragging their shit. I just I really like that a lot. Yeah, that's something I have wrote down about this set of scenes, this set of scenes with the rock quarry and the bus and all that. So well shot, very well made cinematography, even that like. That different lighting that they had on the bus scene, I God, I love it. It makes it a little different. It stands out. Um, but going back to the mask guy in the alley, I okay, I love that because of what it sets up later. That is, it's a nice plot device to me because again, this Batman looking motherfucker, you know, I. First of all, he didn't pass the smell test with me anyway, so I'm thinking he's not a real vampire in the first place. But what ends up being the, the case is even better. I really enjoyed that twist, which we'll get to. But uh, I like that you have the couple from the beginning tie back into that right there. That is good stuff. Really big fan of how that comes full circle. Um, everything with the, the kids and the rock quarry and the bus and how, how we get to all that, I really like. I like that it's I like that they play a prank on Rhonda right there. And I, I okay. So I tend to agree with Brian that I'm not a big fan of having all these like parents that are quote unquote embarrassed of their kids, so they're gonna send them off with this bus driver. Like you said, I would just rather have a, a evil ass bus driver who's a loose cannon fly off the hinges. Especially with who we get later. Like that makes a lot more sense. When it comes back around, I mean, spoiler alert, but it comes back around and it makes a lot more sense if it was just a loose cannon guy that lost his shit. Like, that would have been a lot more scary to me. And I I really like, I like this Rock Quarry stuff because the mood and atmosphere is so creepy, so well done. The way they use kind of smoky vibes with it, the sounds they use, I love that. It's so good. Um to me, the the dialogue between these kids or young adults or whatever, I it's it's real dialogue to me. Like I can see people that age talking yeah. to each other that way, and I, I really think that that kind of puts me in that scene right there. Uh, I like that they play the prank because you get that really cool shot where Rhonda goes up the elevator, 
without giving double birds, she's giving double birds. It's really fucking <laughs> awesome. Um, if you haven't watched this movie, I highly recommend watching it for one, but definitely that scene if you haven't seen it because it is it made me feel a lot better. Because again, I don't necessarily think that the kids that are playing the prank are bad kids, but they definitely get their shit. And I like that we get quote unquote this is like the zombie section of this movie. Like you have a little paranormal, you've got a little slasher, you've got some other vibes to it. This is like the the zombie part of it or whatever. And I kind of like that it's got a little bit of everything. So big fan of this set of scenes. I think it's really well done. And again, if I have it also written down, is that kid in the pirate? Is he supposed to be in on the prank or is he not in on? Like I'm really confused by the end of that as well. But outside of that. Great set of scenes to me. Probably well, supposed, my favorite. He's supposed to be in on it because, I mean, he was the one that was laying there supposedly having his guts right. off. Okay, okay. But he really didn't look like he was <laughs> in on it at the beginning of it. I agree with you. It does not. It didn't come across like that. Yeah, my man looks scared for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Our Lori, she's, uh, we're back to Lori. She's walking in the woods to the party, and she hears noises. She says she's not in the mood, so come on out. She turns around in his discount Batman. At the party site, they wait on Lori. The masked man, we, we see now that the masked man has Lori pressed to the tree. A girl at the party screams as a wrapped body falls from the trees. It's discount Batman who then asks for help all wrapped up. Lori shows up and apologizes for being late. Maria gets on top of him and pulls his fangs out and removes his mask. It's Principal Wilkins. He sees the other dead men around the fire now and screams. He shows us his epic leg wound. Lori straddles on top of Wilkins and tells him it's her first time. She rips his clothes off and the other girls start to dance and become their true werewolf selves, ripping their flesh and their hair off. Lori bites his neck, killing Wilkins, and they all howl. And you just see Sam sitting on a log watching casually. Earlier, a little title or a little card says in the bottom, three three trick-or-treaters knock on Mr. Creek's door and he scares them with a dark house and two beaming yellow eyes. They run off terrified. It was just his dog. He comes back in the house and keeps the fire going with some old pictures. He's watching the, the old Ronco infomercial, which I'm sure all of us have watched at 1 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> He's watching the infomercial and grabs some candy to eat, but it tastes awful. He starts to drink and channel surf. His dog begins to bark, so he looks outside and hears his squeaky gate. He sees, he sees someone run off, but it's Sam. And then he hits his window with some pumpkin. Creed goes to his closet and grabs a baseball bat. He goes outside after his dog. He sees the dog Spike eating the finger that Wilkins threw. He confronts Wilkins about the hole in the ground. And then we see from Sam's point of view, he's watching Creed. And then Mr. Creed goes back in the house. All right, that's uh, what I got for those two. And the next two are the ending. Go ahead, Brian. Yeah, so I have the least amount about these scenes. But this is what I was talking about. This would be my big drastic change to this movie would be this scene so hear me out but the werewolves the girl werewolf scene i mean this is what i was talking about earlier i wish that they were vampires instead of werewolves and i wish that the principal that who was dressed up like discount batman was dressed up like a wolf to begin with and not discount batman so that whole line where he says my what big eyes you have like when he's you know up against anna paquin would have hit home a little bit more you know plus you know, that it gets repeated, I know, later. But, you know, I mean, the skin peeling scene was cool. Don't get me wrong. I thought it was great effects. I, I think that 
these wolf prosthetics, I mean, those are so hit and miss. I mean, they're not horrible by any means. And and definitely props to them for using practical effects because CG would look like shit. And, and but but practicals, you know, so such hit and miss. And you have to be you have to hit it perfectly on the night. And I think you would have had just as much of a bloody, sexy, like eating party and honestly, even sexier, probably. And just as much of a reveal if they if those girls were all vampires. And I don't know, maybe it's the, and admittedly, maybe it's the Anna Paquin, like, you know, wanting Suki in me. But I needed a vampire scene right there. But I will say that the Marilyn Manson Sweet Dreams playing soundtrack was fucking awesome and the perfect song for that whole scene. Um, it even had like some Lost Boys vibes in it. Um, I, I really it was good. I just like I said, I wish for me that it would have been vampires and not werewolves. Um, another like little fun fact um, and another X-Men connection because Anna Paquin's X-Men co-star James Marson, who played Cyclops, is actually the voice over uh, talking about the Halloween candy whenever Krieg is flipping through the channels. Um, that's actually James Marsden's voice. So I don't think I had as much of a problem uh, about the werewolf thing as you did, but I see where you're coming from. Don't get me wrong. Like, it would make a little more sense. But there's a part of me that kind of liked it because it would have been very uh, duh to make all of them vampires, to make all of them nasty-looking werewolves. I'll, by the way, I missed a couple, so I'm just going to say – Call me sometime six times in a row because that's how many I have throughout this movie. Here we go. Ready? <clears throat> call me sometime. 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 That's for all the call me sometimes I meant to say earlier and now. Okay. Back to the review. All right. So it made a little. It made it a little different. It made it a little cool to make all these sexiest women nasty, hairy werewolves. Like so, I, I see both sides of it. I I really do. Every time I see this guy that you call Discount Batman, uh, Principal Wilkins or whatever, I think of the fat bat dad from South Park. What are you going to do to me? You know what I mean? That guy. That's what I think of. Anyway, uh, big fan. So <laughs> uh, I like the scene. It it was a twist I didn't necessarily see coming. And when you watch the movie again and they use lines like you're 22 and you're a virgin. And stuff like that. When you're watching it for the first time, you think they're talking about one thing, but they're actually talking about her werewolf virginity. All of that is kind of cool. I like how that all is kind of wrapped up in a bow. Uh, I think it's fun. It's, again, not my favorite scene. It's not my favorite storyline either, but I like the way they ended up having a twist there because I felt like that kind of needed something because I didn't know where that was going. So I'm a fan of that. And I'll be honest. This whole thing with Krieg, and we're really about to get into it. This whole thing with Krieg kind of frustrates me because it's something we talked about earlier. And this is all I'm going to say. Where this, I don't see why this, yeah, he drove the bus off. But I don't know. I just feel like I would be more angry at this man if he was just a guy that lost his shit and Mm -hmm. drove the bus off of a fucking hill. Like, that makes I don't know, and I know I'm spoiling it, but I'm. If you're listening to this, you haven't seen it. That's your fault, not mine. Uh, <laughs> Facts. <laughs> I mean, really, I, I'm being serious. So, I mean, it's like watching Dead Meat James kill count before actually going to watch the movie, where he said he really doesn't recommend doing that. So, I'm gonna say the same thing as him. Don't do that. Watch the movie first. Come back. Listen to this review. Okay. But obviously, where we're going with Krieg, I just, I don't know. Like, 
to me, he's just a grumpy old man. I did like the fact that they made him the bus driver, and as you start to kind of realize that, that's kind of cool. But outside of that, I I, I don't really have much else on this set of scenes. But the end, I have the end, I have quite a bit to say because it's probably the one part of the movie that I like and love, or the, or, or that I like and hate. Like there's a lot of mixed emotions about the end. So, well, so you really you talked about Krieg a little bit, so I'm gonna ask you because I had this thought. Don't you think it was a little bit much to have him, after all these years, happen to be burning the picture of them uh-huh. up at the bus, uh-huh. like just so happened to be the you know the one Halloween? I just thought that was a little bit too on the nose, maybe. I don't know. I, I was like, I don't think we needed that if you didn't know he was a bus driver by then. Right. Or maybe, I, I don't know. I don't know. It was just, it didn't sit right with me, but. I I tend to agree with you. The only thing I would say if I were a writer was, well, it's a 30-year anniversary time to burn these pictures. I, I, I don't know. I'm just grasping at straws there. Okay. Okay. All right. That, that's all I got. I'm trying to make logic out of a illogical situation. So what am I supposed to do? Maybe you have him sitting on the chair drunk, and then they say on the newscast that it was the 30th yeah. anniversary of it or something. Maybe. Okay. All right. Okay. It's very Laurie Strode of you, Krieg. Anyway. We just wrote, we just wrote a better, better movie there. Yeah, we did. It's all good. <laughs> Hire us at don'tgooutthere.com. That's right. Just send Brian an email. All right. These are, this is the ending, guys. Uh, Krieg, he locks his door, and Spike is still barking a lot. He goes into his front yard and sees it full of jack-o'-lanterns. He goes to crush one, but Spike is still barking inside. Spike runs upstairs, and Krieg grabs a shotgun. He looks up the stairs and sees Sam run down the hall, and you hear Spike begin to whimper. Craig go Krieg Craig Jesus was this Friday. Krieg goes upstairs and goes in his room and How it's you been can on your day off, Krieg. <laughs> Krieg goes upstairs and goes in his room and it's been wrecked. He sees the sheet shaking and sees a hand. The jack o' lantern lights up and it says the trick or treat song, you know, like trick or treat, all that, all over the walls and blood. Sam cuts his calf and he falls to the ground from underneath the bed. Sam comes from under the bed and Mike and <laughs> Mike, uh, he Michael Myers head tilts him and pulls out a razor blade candy bar. He shoots at Sam, but he's gone now. Krieg hobbles down the hall, but falls down the stairs, and his hands are bleeding and cut from the candy and the razor blades. He tries to open the locks, but Sam crawls along the ceiling and drops on top of him as he laughs. They fight, and Krieg throws him into a mirror. He knocks on the window, trying to get Wilkins' attention. Sam tackles him and punches him. He pulls his mask off, and he has a pumpkin skull head and then gnaws on his leg. He looks up and is shot with a shotgun, blasting him into the wall. He shoots Sam with more shells. He goes to call 911, but the line is pulled from the wall. And I got to say, I started laughing so hard when he kept saying, Hello? Hello? I don't know why I was dying laughing. (laughs) Sam's hand stabs his foot and then crawls back to his body with his little sack head. The hand reattaches, and he puts his sack back on. He walks toward Krieg with a sharp lollipop, but Creed grabs a liquor bottle and breaks on the ground and tries to stab him. But Sam grabs his arm and twisting it, hurting him. Sam appears to stab him, but only gets his candy bar. Sam turns around and exits the house. Creed is in shock. The picture in the fireplace reveals that Creed was the bus driver. Uh, later, Creed gives three the three more uh, trick or treaters three little pigs and candy as he's severely bandaged and casted up. They think he's just a mummy. Billy, he's out. He's handing out candy by himself, and Rhonda walks in front of a car and is almost hit. This is the beginning of the movie. Krieg sees Sam, but Sam turns around when Emma and Henry get home, and she blows the jack-o'-lantern out. 
Sam walks towards Emma's house with the sucker. Creed gets a knock on the door, and it's the zombies of the kids from the bus back to get their revenge. They kill him, and it cuts to more comic-like pictures and end credits. All right, Brian, that's the ending, brother. What do you think? Yeah, overall, I really like this group of scenes. Um, I'm not sure I would have or really needed to see Sam unmasked, honestly. Um, you know, and most people won't get this reference, but, um, you know, to me, he actually looks a lot like Sam Hain from the real Ghostbusters cartoon back from the 80s. But, you know, hey, that's just me. I uh, I did. I, I wrote down that I really enjoyed the kid laughter. Um, you know, in the background when Sam's attacking, it kind of gives you more of a creepy factor. And the score I thought was great, um, especially with the kids like singing in the background almost when the lantern lights, you know, were on before the before he cuts the Achilles. Um, I thought everything was really well done in that group of scenes. Um, you know, this one little fun fact from the director's commentary, I, I thought and I laughed at because it's uh, the whole music um, whenever he calls 911. Is actually like a piano cover from John Williams, like 1978 Superman. And during the commentary, I thought it was funny because the director says, uh, uh, I don't know how the hell we got the rights to that. <laughs> but, uh, I, you know, I, I thought it was a it was also a nice little touch to have um, Sam cut him with that candy bar that he got earlier from the principal. I thought that was really smart writing and something. Obviously, you might not catch right off the bat. Um, one thing I did notice, though, during the fight when. Uh, when Krieg slams him off his back into the wall, it was clearly a stunt double there who was like double the size. He was like double the size of Quinn Lord, like the actor who plays Sam the majority of the film. Um, I just, I noticed that as a little nitpick, but you know, again, overall, I, I, I really liked the ending of this film. I thought it tied everything up nicely and very satisfying in my camp. Before you go, Mike, I was going to say about Quinn, uh, I think that's really the only scene that he didn't do, though. From what I read, he did all of the Sam because they said you could get like a dwarf or something to do it. But like a dwarf adult doesn't have the same, you know, cadences as a little right. kid. So I give, by the way, Quinn Lord, check your Instagram DMs trying to get you on the show. Go ahead, Mike. <laughs> hey, and I don't, I'm, I'm not. I don't even know if that really was a stunt double. It, it no, just, I'm pretty sure that was, was. It was just the camera right. angle. He looked a lot bigger. No, I'm pretty sure that was the only scene that he didn't do because they're not going to slam a little kid into the wall. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't think so either, but hey, who knows? It's 2020. Fuck them kids, right? Man, fuck them kids. Brian Coleman. Oh, geez. Uh, um, as far as the ending goes, look, I know I kind of complained a little bit about us getting there as far as that story, but... To kind of back up everything Brian said, I really thought it was satisfying. Uh, at least we're tying everything up with a bow. And I and like I said at the very beginning, everything ends up connecting full circle because of this. And by the way, the, the character of Sam has become an iconic character in the world of horror. And I think rightfully so. I love the way that it's played. I love the sackhead. Ha <laughs> ha! Hey! Inside. Okay. Look at how a sackhead can be scary. Look at this. This is what we do here. Like another sackhead is scary. But anyway, um, so I... The Jason that you rang last. I didn't say... It wasn't because of the sack. It was not because of the sack, okay? Man's got a nice sack. What can I say? Anyway. Hey, hey team sack brought to you by Manscaped.com. Hey, 20%. Hey, that's right. Yep, that's right. Don't... Hey, if you want to be team clean sack, Manscaped.com. Use the code. Don't go. All right, see, free plug right in the show. You're welcome, right. Manscaped. Appreciate me, um, too. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, anyways, I back on track because I'm off the rails. Right. I I like this end. I think 
it kind of served its purpose. My only real complaint, and I know I'm, I might catch some stuff for this, but it went a little long for me. Um, I felt like the fight was a little too long, but I like the effects. I like Sam without the sack head. I think that he, you know, that's kind of like a creepy look there. I like that he could just kind of reattach stuff to himself and puts the sap back on. And I think the shot where he stabs the candy bar is an awesome shot. So I'm a big fan of that. I thought that that was a real nice touch. And I like that he's not really the one that killed that, uh, that kills Krieg. It's, it's the zombie kids. That is a nice touch at the very end. I really like that because easily you could have had that go down. And he's just trying to teach him the rules of Halloween, basically. And then the zombie kids come back to when he drove off. I thought that was a nice touch. But I thought the quote-unquote, I'll call it a fight scene. It's not like, you know, they live or anything. But the the little fight scene I think is a little long, but really satisfying ending. Uh, again, love the way it's shot. Love how they use the dark and the light to kind of – contrast things really nicely done uh i just think could have been a little shorter but again it's an hour and 22 minutes so at this point i really shouldn't be complaining since last week we had to watch two hours and 10 minutes of fuck shit cunt so (laughs) do y'all got any more final thoughts we jump into our facebook fan fan questions no but damn now i can't i can't even say the word creed without thinking of friday now how you gonna find your day off, Creek? Creek. I got. I had it wrote down as Creek and just said Craig. I was like, good night. Creek. Uh, we got four questions, but I'm gonna combine two of them because they're kind of the same. Uh, Sean and Michelle. I'll read Sean's first. Did the order of the stories make sense to you, or would you have told it differently? And Michelle asked, "How do you guys feel in general about movies that have several interwoven stories like this one?" Do you prefer just one storyline to have to follow? Uh, I'll answer first. Sean, I I think it made sense. I mean, the attention to detail is great, too. Like Brian mentioned at the very beginning, the bloody zombies walking off. Uh, the the director put a lot of – he put his heart in this one, you could tell. So yeah. I think it made sense. And for Michelle, I'll answer that real quick. Uh, I guess I would prefer one storyline, but if you tell it the story right – and it works good. I like it. Like Saul three and four, I think is awesome when you find out it's at the same time. But it's kind of not the same, but it kind of is. I mean, I, I enjoyed this movie in the way it was told. Like I, I liked it. Brian, I, yeah, uh, I really, I, I, I like, I love it. I honestly, I mean, there's a few my, movies my watch, uh, my wife watches. Um, they, I think it's called Valentine's Day, but it's some rom com that's like this where it's all interwoven uh, stories from all these you know celebrities uh, that are in that one too but like when the first time i watched that i thought man this is really smartly fucking written like it really takes a good script to be able to pull this off now yeah. I, as far as what i prefer I, I don't really i don't really have a preference because i really like i like watching this because it's different than watching mm-hmm. just a one linear storyline um so if it's a good movie shit it's it don't matter it don't matter if it's good if it's good it's good no matter how it's written uh i kind of already answered both but i'll touch on it again real quick i like that this story isn't told linear but it's still told in a way that makes sense it's not all over the place everything kind of ties back in and connects so i like that i like and i like i like certain anthology movies the way they're told this one hit with me the way that vhs and vhs 2 especially didn't hit with me. I, I think that they're 
is kind of different, but I like the way this is done. I'm okay with the movie telling multiple stories like this so long as it hits. And some movies it does, and some movies it doesn't, and I feel like it really works in this one. All right, Shan asked a question. She said, I love this movie. So since Sam is essentially a mischievous little demon-like thing that punishes people if they don't follow the rules of Halloween, do you think this could work as a new film series like Halloween was originally intended, where each movie would take Sam to a new place with a whole new cast of people? Yeah, it would, I think it would, it work, it would work a lot better than it did in the Halloween universe, I think. Well, my, yeah, but, I kid on that earlier. Shit, it would be awesome as a, like a yeah. little anthology TV series that wasn't right. wasn't two hours long for each thing. I, I think no, yeah. no, no. Forty five minutes an episode would be plenty. Have about five episodes a season. Pop those out. Be kind of good, man. But Dude. but just but just like Halloween, though, if you bring up like if like episode two is like season of the witch, I'm out. <laughs> well, yeah, but I feel like right. I just feel like that character of Sam plays better in an anthology thing than trying Michael to Myers. tell. Trying yeah. to tell an anthology story within the Michael Myers universe doesn't make sense unless at some point you get back to Michael Myers tying into everything, which Sam would tie into everything, and I think that would be kind of fun to see. Yeah, and Hunter just kind of had a fun question. I love this movie and love the character Sam. <laughs> My only question is, if you don't like this movie, where do you want to meet up to catch these hands? <laughs> <laughs> Uh oh. Well, well, one of our Hunter, co- I think you're only gonna have one person to worry about not liking it once we get into the ratings. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> y'all ready to jump into some fun facts real quick? Let's do it. I'll go first. I guess I got a few of them. Uh, the look of Brian Cox's character, Mr. Krieg, is based on uh, John Carpenter. He actually was very influential with uh, the way his appearance was. Added a wig and all that, which I thought was very cool. Uh, Billy, uh, principal's son. Is dressed similar to Chucky from Child's Play. Bib overall, striped long sleeve shirt, and red hair. I like that. Every single death in the movie occurs off camera. The deaths are either obstructed by something or the camera cuts away right before a character dies. This is a rare feat for a horror film. And I got all those from IMDb. And I have the one about the vomit, you know, being actually edible. Yeah, I've just got a couple. And actually, um, uh, Shan, super fan Shan actually sent these uh to me from because uh, she's a big super fan of this movie too but uh um I'm, I'm not sure where she got them but i didn't see them on imdb so uh, i wanted to read a couple of them here um it said peeping tommy she said it was actually played by quinn lord who played sam yeah. um so that was a that was a cool little thing there um and, and the director joked that uh when we first see sam trick-or-treating at wilkins house and he goes back down the stairs, and you actually hear a cat yelling in the bag. Um, he actually said, we went through four cats to get that right. Uh, no, I was just kidding. <laughs> He's, he said it was actually potatoes in that little sack there, so I thought that was pretty cool. And um, let's see. And the last one is she has on here is one of the inspirations for the story with Krieg uh, was inspiration or was an episode of The Twilight Zone called The Invaders. Um, so that's a cool little little fact there too. Thanks, Shan, for all for all the facts. Mike, uh, I don't have any fun facts except the money, like I normally do, because you know, money Mike up in here. But uh, <laughs> my, my big money, Mike. Yeah, I, yeah, God, I wish. Um, so it had a twelve million dollar budget, which again, not that much. Uh, it looks so. This movie kind of got screwed by not having a yeah. box office release. Uh, that's unfortunate, but it definitely has a cult following, like we've talked about. So as far as video sales, 
Domestically, the estimate is about twelve million two hundred seventy-five thousand. But Blu-ray, uh, almost about seven million, depending on where you look. So it's made its money back, and I'm sure that these numbers aren't exactly accurate. I'm sure it's made more since then. It's been on streaming services and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm sure it's made quite a bit more by now. But um, I. I would be interested to see what this movie would do with, again, another movie within this universe. I also read one fun fact where it was going to have a studio release, but it was supposed to come out the same weekend as Saw 4, and it didn't want the smoke, so it waited. (laughs) Don't don't come out the same weekend as Saw. (laughs) Oh, they could have came out. Regardless if you like Saw 4, that movie's made a lot of money. I was going to say, you could have came out against Saw 4. I know which one I like more. Yeah, Saw 4 by Landslide, but no, anywho. Sir. No, sir. No, sir. <laughs> All right, let's jump into What's our uh, – y'all got any like more it. final thoughts before we jump into – I want to clarify, I'm not shitting on Saw 4. It's just my second least favorite Saw, which is still highly thought of, by the way. <laughs> That's fair. All right, let's, like jump into our, let's jump into our favorite kill, least favorite kill in the rating. Uh, give another – it's brought to you by Manscaped. Quick shout-out to them. Just use our code don't go on uh, manscaped.com. You get 20% off your order and free shipping, so that's a really good deal. Uh, Brian, let's go ahead and just – do you want to knock Dustin's out real quick just because we know he has terrible taste in movies? Oh, shit. Oh, he's going (laughs) to clap back at you. Clap back at you. Dustin's least favorite kill Love you, Dustin. (laughs) Uh, His least favorite kill is The Girl at the Parade. Uh, He said he hates when movies do this. Just like Marine and Scream 2, someone is dying in public and uh, everyone ignores and thinks it's just part of the normal crowd. Um, his favorite kill, he wanted to pick the four douchebag kids because they deserve to die for bullying. Sweet Rhonda. But uh, Krieg's death was awesome, he thought. Um, he wished they would have done more of the comic book style scenes throughout the film. Um, his rating, his little summary, he says it's an OK movie for Halloween, um, but he'd never pop this in just for the hell of it um he said the cast is solid humor storylines okay enough but just not his cup of tea the effects on the howling werewolf were pretty bad um, they were but i ignored it <laughs> they were he says there's a uh, continuity issues and uh the whole thing kind of feels like a clusterfuck to him which i disagree with but i i think i think it could have been a much better movie perhaps using the graphic novel comic book style of the final kill that they flirted with and teased in a few other spots that's not fair. a terrible movie but far from great, he gives it a five. Okay. All right. Five, five. I'll go next. Uh, my least favorite kill is – look, there was a lot of names, so you have to forgive me. But my least favorite girl is the very – or my least favorite kill is the very first one. Emma. At the very beginning. Emma. Uh, I, I mean – Leslie Bibb. Yeah. Call me sometime. Uh, call, I'll, I'll say, call me sometime. You're one of the six. Lucky number <laughs> Lucky number one, as a matter of fact. <laughs> uh, no, I uh, I thought there could have been something a little bit more elaborate and cool, even though it's it, it's off screen. I feel like that there could have been more there. My favorite kill is the same as Dustin's, where it's Creek. I think just him getting his comeuppance by the zombie kids, I think it's kind of cool. Uh, and, th- and that was a nice touch. And I like the comic book thing. That was, I thought that was different, unique, very cool. If we're going to have all off screen kills, we have to do something. So I really enjoyed that. Um, everything I have, as far as summary goes, I kind of have already said. But 
A very enjoyable movie. I think there's a certain time of year to watch this movie. Not that I wouldn't watch it in like April or May, but I would probably only pop this in September, October, November. Um, yeah. Just that kind of atmosphere, the fall. I, I think it captures that so well. Now, if I'm feeling nostalgic for that atmosphere, I feel like I'm missing that atmosphere. Maybe I'd pop this in to kind of get in that mood. But um, outside of that, I like the story. I think it's very well told by the end. There is some times in the middle where I feel like you it could lose you upon first viewing, which is why you should watch this movie more than once so it all makes a little more sense. Yeah. But I like a movie that makes me pay attention. I'm a big fan of that. I like the characters. I like the character of Sam. I think the acting is good enough. It's not great. But one thing I think this movie has going for it is the cinematography and the direction. I think it's really good. I like the script as well. So all that being said, I give this movie a seven, a flat seven. I think it's a really enjoyable movie. It's not my not my favorite, but I I do think it has a lot going for it. I would be interested to see what they could do with a little bit bigger of a budget and just a little bit deeper of a script or maybe even a mini series of some kind like Stranger Things vibes or something. Like it's got to get in there and, and maybe kind of flesh out the characters more, but really enjoyable. Go ahead, Brian. Let me go last tonight. Oh, okay. If you don't okay. mind. Um uh, you know, I, I think that I think that they really missed a good opportunity to release this in the theaters. Um, I think W, I mean, I mean WB, I think is who we're releasing it, but pushing it to avoid Saw Four, okay, that makes fucking sense. But I think that you you they left millions of dollars on the table with this, especially now about how big of a cult following this thing got from going video on demand. So I mean, fuck like. You know, nowadays video on demand isn't a killer like it was back even in 2007. But shit, it it made it made its money back just on Blu-ray sales. Think about what this could have done in the theaters on like a you know even just two weeks before Saw or like two weeks after Saw or something where you were still in that whole fall you know Halloween thing. I I don't, I don't know. I think they really missed a big opportunity and that's that's a shame. I don't you know I wanted I would like to see a sequel but. This this movie to me is so good because you can tell that the director and the writer like has put so much time and thought into this script. If they did it, I would not want them to rush it. I would want him to do the same thing and rewrite and rewrite and rewrite and get the script, you know, just like it is with this, just tight as hell and just where where it works really good. Um, I love the character of Sam. I think he's a great. Uh, mm -hmm. addition to the whole uh, Halloween lore thing. I, I really, I like it a lot. Um, you know, I, I, I agree with Mike and this, I'm a perfect example that you have to watch this movie more than once because, um, you know, I'll, I'll just go ahead with my rating while I'm doing this before I get a favorite kill, least favorite kill. But when I first watched this movie, I was like, oh, okay, that's about a seven to me. But I've watched this a few times since then and it's just gotten so much better even, you know, most movies, when you watch, you just kind of a little bit bored knowing what's coming. But I don't know why. Like, this is just maybe it's the different storylines or whatever. But I really love watching this movie. But it, it's it, got a really good charm to it, Brian. Yeah, it's got a it good does. charm to it. Charm. That's a very damn good word and description for this. It's got good charm. But I finished up at, uh, at 8.25. So that's where I'm at right now with it. And I really liked it a lot. Um, my favorite kill was Principal Fuckface. I did not like uh, um <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I loved watching him. Uh, I love watching him die, even though, you know, I wish it would have been uh, hell me. But um, all right. Least favorite kill. 
<laughs> Brian Settle. There's worse ways to go, guys. Come on. I mean, um, Lee, Lee, my least favorite kill. I don't. I don't know if I really have one to be honest with you. I really liked everything that was uh, that was done in here. I don't know if you count him burying that kid alive as as a kill. Okay, I'll go with that. Maybe I don't. I don't really know. I don't really have one picked out for that. But again, eight point two five for me. All right. My favorite kill, I chose Emma. I'm I'm opposite of you, Mike. Uh, I wrote there's a great opening scene with it. I love the blood splatter on the sheet. And I like the visual of her basically like crucified or whatever with that sucker in her mouth. I thought that was really... I love the opening scene. The opening scene was awesome. Oh, yeah. My least favorite kill, I'm just going to go basic here and pick all the off-screen kills. Like all the dead bodies along the campsite and all that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that was just what I picked. In my rating, I gave it a seven, same as you, Mike. But the thing is, just like both of you said, the you need to watch this movie more than one time. Absolutely. Because when I first watched it the first time, I think I wrote down like a six. But I watched it like three more times that week because I was show, I watched it with a friend, and I I grew to like this movie more and more every time I watched it. I wrote I picked this as a must watch for October without watching it, but it definitely deserved to be on the list. It was a fun, entertaining little Halloween themed horror movie. It's amassed a giant cult following, and rightfully so. I will admit I liked it, but I did not love it. Uh, you know, I feel like it had some filler, like y'all said, with it the uh, principal. Uh, that scene just kind of took me out. It took a little too long, and him constantly getting interrupted by his kid annoyed me. Uh, <laughs> there was something else I thought was kind of an error, too, but I can't remember it now. I wrote it was a fun watch, but it didn't suck. it didn't suck me in like a lot of other movies. I do recommend uh, people to watch this and have fun with it. I remember what it is. Uh, Emma, if you hate Halloween, why do you have so many decorations? <laughs> like, you hate Halloween, but your whole house is decorated, and you want to take all your decorations down on Halloween night while people are still trick-or-treating? Like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> she could suck a big one. It's an elite holiday. She was on her way to suck a big one, I believe. I know. <laughs> That's what that's what playing Nookie gets you in a horror movie. Gosh. Every time I see Leslie Bibb, I think of either Ricky Bobby's wife or yes. well, the uh, chicken uh, law-abiding citizen. Two completely different roles, but <laughs> all of all three all three roles can call me sometime. Thanks. Leslie Bibb, fan of the show. Hopefully, y'all got any uh, really fun movie? I enjoyed it. Yeah. I'm glad we picked it. Uh, Never Seen It Month was a fun uh, theme, I think. Absolutely. Y'all got any more final thoughts before we announce the next theme? I don't think so. Announce it. Our next theme is uh, a a pretty fun one. It's going to be sequel month. So we're all picking a sequel, and we're kicking off with Brother Dustin's pick. Uh, He's going with a really, really good movie. I'll I'll go ahead and admit I like this one a lot. Scary movie, too. You got to use your strong Uh, hand. uh, uh, (laughs) Take my strong hand, child. And I... Hey, look, I'm going to go ahead and defend right now before anybody says anything. It is a horror comedy. So, yes, we can review this film. There's plenty of killings. There's plenty. Hell, there's a movie. There's a scene in this movie that's much scarier than 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 the scenes in Scream 2. So there you go. That's all I got to say. I can't believe you said that. Not me. Wow. I had to defend it. Well, well, first of all, I love horror comedy when it's done right. This is done right. And second of all, this movie has dick in the ear. So, can't wait. (laughs) I think I'm going to be the bigger man and walk away. Walk away. (laughs) I love that movie. 
but anyways, uh, really appreciate all the support, y'all. This has been a, it's been really fun doing these things. I'm looking forward to the next month because we all got some really good sequels coming up for you guys. Uh, appreciate the support. Hope y'all had a happy Thanksgiving. And uh, just want to remind everybody to uh, don't do it out there.